Yes, people. Ah, we are back again. <laughs> you know, you can't get rid of us. What? So, another bonus episode of Echo Chamber for you. And, um, yeah, as promised, we're tying up all that sci-fi London coverage. You know, so the festival took place, you know, 15th to the 22nd of May. And we've been bringing you all the interviews, all the reviews, all of that goodness that we've been able to capture. And so today we are, yeah, we're shutting it down. We finally got there. So um, closing the festival was um, the world premiere of The Risen Possession. And um, yeah, so we have got you that. Um, we got you that review. Also got a Q&A from after the film. And, and people, we've only got an interview with the goddamn director, Matt Mitchell. What, what? Yes, people. You know what I mean? We went and did that for you. And the thing is, right, so these guys, this is their second film at Sci-Fi London, right? It's the second film at London. But, but, you, 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 you've got to be careful because you shouldn't. And I'm saying you should not. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't ask them where they've been. You know what I mean? Don't ask them where they've been. Because they're just going to say. Yeah. And they and that's what they did. They came to knock us out. You know what I mean? They came to knock us out with that goodness. So, um, hey, enjoy the episode. Enjoy the content. Share it with your peoples, alright? Buckle up, we're gonna get started. Okay, people. So, in 2017, these young upstarts brought a film to Sci-Fi London. It was called Risen, and it closed down the festival. I don't mean it was so bad it closed down the festival. I mean, it was the closing film of the festival. So, not any film can close a festival. You know what I mean? It, 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 it takes something a little bit special to do that. So, you know what I mean? These upstarts, they, they kicked down the door. They came in through a film that smashed it. Two years later... These motherfuckers try and do it again, right? So they've made a new film. They've submitted it. It's only gone and got the closing slot again at Sci-Fi London. So this new film, hey, who'd have figured it? It's a sequel to the first. So it's The Risen Possession. Yep. Um, it's directed by Matt Mitchell. Um, who also wrote the film. It's starring uh, Sally Phillips, 
Adrian Edmondson, Julian Rind Tut, um, Serene Safar, Stephen Marcus, Harriet Madeley, Laura Swift, Kevin Leslie, uh, Christopher Taja, Peter Meyer. You know, there's a whole host of extremely talented cats who were involved in this film. Okay. Um, so the gist is this in 1995, NATO and the Allied forces conducted secret occult experiments in a bid to win the arms race. They succeeded, but what they unleashed almost tore our world apart. Now, a group of young urban explorers and a private military unit could become the final pieces in a 60-year plan to reopen a door that should have stayed closed forever. Now, I have to say, you you read that and you're like, Oh, I want to see this film. I want to check it out. Um... Like, I, you know, I should say out the gate, right? So I had another interest because I know the director. You know what I mean? Which is like a, a funny thing. So we we would, we trained martial arts together. Well, he trained me. You know what I mean? He, he's a ninja. You feel me? Um, and back in the day, we like, we'd talk about this shit. You know, because he, he was like doing commercials and shorts and he was just you know doing his first feature back then and you know what I mean so we've always talked about films and you know what I mean like setting shit up breaking in all of that so when I saw his name on the list of like um films I was gassed you know what I mean this was great And it's one of those things, you're just hoping your boy comes through. You're hoping your boy delivers something special, does the thing that you know that they can. And, whoo, I have to say, baby, this film, yo, there was a reason this film was closing down the festival. It's, yeah, it, 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 it was very good. Like, so, you know, I've I've said it before, you know what I mean? Horror films, they're not what I usually go for. Like, I've reviewed a few, but I don't kind of jump to to go to horrors at the cinema. Just because a lot of the times I think they're gore porn rather than horrors. You know what I mean? It, it was just like, oh, what's the, the creepiest shit we can show? What's the grossest? What's the vilest shit we can show? Rather than trying to put a little fright in there. Trying to get a jump. Trying to... You, you know what I mean? So, I think when a director can capture anxiety, can capture fright can you know make you jump out of your seat that's a huge thing and i think this film it it just it really did a great job in like 
making you feel like claustrophobic, making you feel anxious, making you feel like hope has gone. And like another great thing though was I because I've not seen the the first film, but I still was able to follow this film and thoroughly enjoy it. Now, don't get me wrong. I can imagine that if you've seen the first film, you there's definitely things that are going to enhance the viewing of the f- second film. But if you haven't, hey, you're still going to have a great time. Now, like straight out the gate. So we, we see these kids going into this bunker. And they're looking to explore. They're looking to have adventures. And I, I, I think just that beginning moment was, was very well done. Because when, when you ever you do like something crazy like this. And you've got a group of friends. There's going to be some that are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go crazy. Then there's going to be some that are a bit like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know what? whatever, whatever, I'm just here because of you, some that are just a bit like, I don't really want to, do we have, guys, do you think this is a great idea, I mean, we could turn back, right, we don't, do we have to do it, I don't know, I I think that we've got to be at the other place, I don't mean we've got time, right, you know what I mean, you've always got that that cross-section of people, but a lot of the times we don't see that depicted and th- like there was that here you had the gun ho type you had the ones that were anxious and, and it was captured very well like there was putting into the film some humor but it wasn't humor as in like we just stop and be like hey guys knock knock you know it was just like people a bit worried a bit like so they're trying to hey (laughs) should have brought a candle right (laughs) yeah you know trying to be funny it's not landing everyone's just like shut the fuck up but it's what you would expect in this kind of situation you know I mean, I say that's what you should expect. I haven't been into a deserted bunker full of motherfucking aliens. You know, I haven't done that, but I can imagine, right? <laughs> and so everything is getting built up. It, you know, the scene is getting set. So we have these kids doing this shit. And so you're like, okay. Right, so where, where's this film going, man? Like, what, like we've got this, but then what? What, what's happening now? So then we cut to um, like Sally Phillips looking sinister as fuck. You know, you know what I mean? It isn't the wine days of Bridget Jones here. So she's she's called in this uh, militia group. And she's giving him a little talk, getting him to do a little thing for her. So we're seeing this, and it's all looking shady as fuck. So we're like, okay, 
So we have them, and we've got this. Ooh, interesting. And it's kind of tied together. Like, the kids are at one point, and the army's at this other point, but we're, we're flipping between the two. So we're seeing, sometimes we're seeing events from one person's point of view, then it's flipping to how it's perceived from someone else's that works really well. Like there's a gunshot and the army are doing one thing and then you go back to the kids and they're like, yo, what was that noise? And they're like, oh, right, we need to do. And so that worked really well because it was a kind of like, how are they going to tie this shit together? You know what I mean? How, how are they going to do this? Because there's no um, expedition here. There's no, like, monologue. Like, um, little did the kids know, but... Like, we haven't got anything like that. There's no on-screen prompts. It's straight-up visual storytelling. So everything needs to be tight. Everything needs to be on point. And people... Trust me, it really is because it's like the shots that have been chosen are, are really key here. The way sometimes we get a close up to a face and we're seeing concern, or we have a panning shot and it kind of just moves past the mural on the wall, and you're like, Wait, what? What the fuck was that? And it and it's just seeing like these little kind of things that are kind of queuing you up for something that you you're like I don't know what what the fuck is coming here, what's happening, and the tension is getting built, and you're just like <sighs> so you're at the edge of your seat, and I've got to say I jumped a lot. I jumped a lot, and I got these. these <laughs> I was with these guys in the front row. The, 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 these funny motherfuckers. They saved me a front seat. So I'm, you know, during the during the day, I'm talking to people as they're coming into the cinema, making sure everyone is ready. You know what I mean? I'm doing all of that. Now I'm sitting there. So these people see me as one thing. Now they see me sitting in the screen jumping like I'm a five-year-old girl or something. I say five-year-old girl, you know what I mean? I'm not saying all five-year-old girls are scaredy cats, but it's just a picture that I'm painting people, so don't lose your minds, okay? Okay, right. So, yeah, I'm jumping. I The last time I jumped out of my motherfucking seat like this was when I saw Jordan Peele's us. And then I said, I don't jump out of my seat. I'm not, that's not me. So I thought, oh shit, that's a one-off. Unfortunately, it wasn't a one-off. Because fucking this film had me jumping, jumping like I'm Destiny's Child. You feel me? It was just, ugh. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's all about shots. It's all about direction. It's all about the writing. And all of this shit was on point. Like, 
the thing that I really enjoyed was some of these crazy angles. Like the camera is real down low in a corner pointing up. So you're seeing these people and you're seeing them being like what do we have to do oh shit things been taken we need to go here what are we uh uh and so we're seeing all of this from these crazy angles that really just make things feel really kind of just tight and just ugh, i feel uncomfortable right now you know and so then you're seeing these fucking faceless things appear and it's just like oh i wish there was light on in this cinema man <laughs> but yeah it it was it was just done so well people like and you'll see you're seeing the stories merge and I, when I say you're seeing the stories merge, I'm like, we're seeing events from the first film tie into events from the, this film. So we're seeing these kind of flashbacks, but the flashbacks aren't done with the original. They're done with this cast in the roles of people from the first. So it's really clever. Because... You know what I mean? So it's kind of trying to show this kind of possession, this kind of altered reality, you know, this kind of flux in the time stream. And it really works because they're doing it in this fashion. So everyone is just off kilter. It, like the equilibrium is lost. And because we're seeing that on screen, and the actors are doing a magnificent job of kind of depicting it, showing it, having you believe it. Like, so everyone in the cinema is now like, oh, um, whew, what's, what's, what's going on? Um, I am feeling very uncomfortable right now. So, yo, it's just, it just works and it's just building and it's building and it's building so you're just you're just like uh what it's like i don't know how how this is gonna end like i don't ah uh, and you're liking these characters too these characters they're just kind of weird and crazy and like funny and it's just like oh man i do not want these oh what, what's happening man come on come on and so we're seeing these events and yeah it, it it's just ah you know i just wanted a i wanted to jump on screen and i wanted to save maddie for real <laughs> you, you know what i mean i mean like yo i will face I will face a, a a faceless creature for that chick for sure. But um, oh yeah, that was a digression, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. So it's just building and it's building and it's building, and you're like, okay. So when I was, how is this gonna end? Because when when a lot of films get to this point, it's just like. 
the ending gets rushed or you just feel a bit flat and disappointed that is not the case here because I wasn't suspecting this year and yo it it, it ended and you're like oh shit they did that and then we see this next little bit and it's just oh that's very clever that is very clever so yeah like there's so much I can't say because you know I don't want to spoil it for you I don't want to spoil it but people for sure you want to see this film you you really want to see this film um because it's it's what a, 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 you it's what you want from a horror um yeah a horror sci-fi film that this is what you, you this is what you're expecting this is the kind of thing that will make you just happy you spent that money in the cinema you know what I mean and it's it's funny because you really do see like some kind of similarities to like some franchises here like aliens and, and, and that kind of thing you know like the marines the like the, the the you know what i mean the like the uh the the planet people and just yeah you you just see that and look when i say you see that i'm it's it's not even a case of uh they've ripped off that scene from that and they've done that no 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 but you 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 see this correlation this kind of feel that those films have and they've managed to capture that and that that's a great thing because it's it's not everyone can do it so yo you've got to say look and and this isn't yeah and this is why I said at the beginning look I know the director and I'm not saying this because of that this legitimately is great film like this is legitimately is is something that had me jumping this legitimately is something that kind of makes you have that weird fucking cringy feeling like you had when you're watching event horizon so people um look I'm going to put the the link information in the episode as we do. So follow these guys on social media, their website, all of that. So when the announcement comes that this has got full distribution, you can check it out. Okay, because, yeah, it's definitely something that you want to check out. Okay, so this is the Risen possession um it's from matt mitchell lost eye productions and the gang sally phillips julian ryan tuck carol cleveland serene so far 
Omar Rose, Austin Clay, Christopher Taji, Peter Meyer, and a whole host of extremely talented actors and actresses. People, keep an eye out. Okay, so that was the review, and um, we're now going to get into the Q&A that took place after the film. So, the, the sound is a bit low, um, I've tried to mess around with it to, to change the levels, um, it's not terrible, but yeah, it, it's going to dip in some places just because... I like the mic was a bit off and some people talked without the mic and that kind of thing. But it, it, it's a lot of fun. So definitely listen to it. Okay, cool. Problems are broad words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, we, we, we always, uh, we shot both films at the same time. Oh, okay. Uh, that was the dumbest thing we could do. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we, we were always going to make a second. The story was always too big for just one, one movie. Um, and so, yeah, the idea was to make two, two, two back to back. Okay. Yeah, one of them you just watched, thank you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. It wasn't actually that. Uh, wasn't it? Sorry, which one are these guys doing? Guys doing the music? Oh, these are guys doing the music. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, uh, at the time we both we shot a lot of stuff in the first film. Yeah. See the reuse of the, the second movie because we found no goddamn money. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, obviously we repeated the reuse um, from the first film. It's not with with these guys here. They they thankfully got us out of that. You lucky buggers. Um, yeah, there's there's stuff in the first film uh, that was planned for to be in the second movie. You won't really notice it will be, and, and that's just we were just sort of two back to back. Okay. Uh, maybe the the bit where Francis turns around and looks at Grace. Yeah. Uh, that's that sort of Grace falls off in their first home. Uh, other than that, just got us third. <laughs> um, it's nice though. Thinking of sequels, I mean, this really feels like the Aliens to Alien if the first one was Alien. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Like idiots. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember, darling, we had to do some crazy shit with a knife, didn't we? Yeah. 
talking about one whole night <laughs> in a hotel room to learn a spoon dive trick. <laughs> you saw it for about a quarter of a second. <laughs> it was cool though, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all those things you practice, I guess, it helps you inhabit your character. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know, you want to be able to do all those things, but it's just a very quick learning curve, really. Didn't establish the answer, actually. Well, that is true. Um, I'm sure you know you created uh, a very safe, warm, welcoming environment. But if any of the cast have any anecdotes about uh, the iniquities of shooting in a cold, dark, underground uh, labyrinth, now's your chance. <laughs> sorry. Um, strongest memory I've got, really, sorry, I can't talk as much. Um, it was the first time I'd really bad claustrophobia. I didn't know I was claustrophobic. And when we were filming the bit where the, our face gets ripped off, I had to put this, like a big rubber thick mask on, and it was really tight. And I'm laid on the floor on my back thinking, I don't want to be a whinger, but I'm close to having a panic attack. <laughs> so I'm going to have to make a decision here. And they have to change it so they cut it up the back so it would come off a bit and I could just breathe. Uh, so I felt a bit bad about messing them around, but breathing, you know. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. It was a great experience. I wanted to breathe. What is it next? <laughs> holding it wrong, there's only James that could do it properly. <laughs> so whenever he's filmed, he's firing perfectly, and then it'd be my turn and be thinking, right, click, 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 that's like what's going on. And be, that's because we were holding the, the magazine too tight that way so the bullets wouldn't go up into the, the blanks wouldn't go up properly into the gun. And uh, when we finally discovered that, all my shots had been done, so I was really upset. About it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were all convinced. <laughs>
acting was good, but like, can you go back and actually light the scene? Because uh, you missed it. <laughs> My job was just to be like, hit your close up. <laughs> yeah, but he did like his uh, big fat talk to us. Um, and they are created from World War II paintings? I thought you were going to say torches then. <laughs> <laughs>
as you know, you clearly said that the first one set up the second, which you put both at the same time. This time it hits the third. <laughs> Claire? <laughs> we wish. Um, yeah, I did, again, the, the story was always uh, supposed to be across across a few films. Um, yeah, the, the, the idea is that there's a, there's a world outside mm. of what we see. And we were using that quite a lot throughout the film to, because we don't have no goddamn money, so it's lots of people going, what the fuck is that over there? And the camera's here, so you don't see yeah. what's there. It's, yeah, this, yeah. it's the same really as the story telling you any other life source out there. You see this stuff? should be, yes, if someone was stupid enough to give us a chance, we would, right? Um, but, no, no. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and, and would we find more of our stuff kind of scripted and serious and multiple characters and be less present? <laughs> <laughs> cool with that, can we? Oh my god, yeah, that would be great. Um, imagine if there were two of them. <laughs> Does anyone in the audience have any questions uh, for the cast and crew? Alex, not quite the usual question, but there's quite a lot of visuals in that uh, production. Did the post prod take much longer than the shoot itself? And that's a clever way of getting my usual bad guy number of questions. <laughs> Was there an awful lot of work after the production was you know, the final shot was over? There's an awful lot of visual effects in that. Once they'd wrapped, we had to concentrate and get the first one done, delivered, and then there's me once the post on the second one. Um, it was a long process because it was an expensive filmmaker and absolutely no budget. And if we had the budget, it would have been like an India and the rest of the Any other questions? So, seem to see a lot of different angles in the f in the film for the shoot you know little kind of side angle from a distance which m really gave you know helped with the atmosphere and to kind of really bring the intensity to the shots that we were seeing like how did you decide what kind of angles to go from you know because they weren't technically like traditional angles that you might see in film shooting something like this is chaos so right I mean I'm looking at Jamie like it's chaos right so we were we yeah I, I, I suppose you, you get as much coverage as you can and then you get your special that's how it traditionally works um, we were just like, what can we get? So that, that's that's where you sort of ended up trying to um, trying trying to put as many shots together in one movement. Shall I say that, Jamie? Does that make any sense? Am I keeping it real? Yeah, I think it's Yeah, yeah, dictated by the craziness of what's happening. Yeah. Um, so we we would essentially we'd rehearse a scene, we'd run a scene real quick, and then go, how are we going to do that? <laughs> uh, and then how are we going to do that in 15 minutes or, or something? Uh, 
right. So yeah, you you have to get pretty creative with stuff. That that probably means that some of the things are a little bit. How should we say unorthodox? <laughs> yeah, 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 you could do it, yeah. Um, the, the first film is 50s, it's uh, Jamie had a, a very specific sort of look, it, it feels very 50s, it's, it's uh, some of the shots are a little wider, a little slower, uh, and then for this it's uh, present day, uh, and that was a little bit more frenetic and get closer and, uh, and run the hell around, and with Jamie I just That's just a personal preference, so probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, Claire's, right, Claire's the same about that. Start to forgotten questions. No, um, so yeah, again, the hint is that, that there there are larger stories outside of this one, um, which is something that, that, that that we like as I suppose as a production team. Actually, all the stuff that we look for is stories that are larger than, than, than they seem to be on the page. And so I suppose we were, we were trying to hint for that. Oh, oh shut up. Go <laughs> 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 on, Oh, people, now, <laughs> like, you've got a review, you've got a Q&A, that should be good enough, right? But no, it's not how we do, it's all about flavour here, you know that, you know, this ain't our first rodeo, people, so, sit down, buckle up, hey, we've got an outstanding interview with the man of the moment, the director, the writer himself, Matt Mitchell. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, is ah uh, man. It was like we were just rushing around. We've been try. We tried to um organize this schedules. It was, it was crazy. So <laughs> we did it on the day of. So you know what I mean. Matt has to you know mad props for taking the time to meet me the day of the frigging premiere. So I I, I took a bus for an hour and a half early morning um yeah then it was trying to find a way into this goddamn place (laughs) but it it all it all worked it all worked we 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 found each other found a quiet-ish spot and um yeah we recorded a goddamn um interview so people it's very informative hey it, it goes behind the curtain and all of that shit so um i hope you enjoy it here we go it's rolling okay so i'm here with matt mitchell the director of derision possession yes (laughs) matt thank you very much for your time um so derision it's a sequel right to um the risen of possession is a sequel to derision which came out a couple of years ago um was there always the thought of doing a sequel when you did Derision? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, basically, the only way we could make Derision, uh, the first movie, was to make a second movie at the same time. Uh, we were having to um, make the films on a really low budget, really tight budget, and we had to, in order to make, in order to visualise the films, we had to make sets, uh, and that's. That was like super, super expensive for us. Um, so the only way we could afford to do that was to essentially pay for the sets for both films, if you sort of mean. So you offset the, 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 the cost of the sets against the second film as well as the first. Yeah. So we ended up reusing, reusing loads and loads and loads of stuff. Um, it was the only way we could afford to make either movie. So The Risen Possession uh, was always going to be there. It was always supposed to be um, a sequel and a second movie. Um, but it did come about because of the first movie, in a cert- to a certain extent. So the, f- the first movie, The Risen, um, that, was the f- that, was, that was the original story, essentially, which is set in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a s- sort of epic uh, sci-fi Lovecraftian uh, extravaganza. And which is obviously the cheapest thing you can make as a period piece, sci-fi. Face bombs. So, so yeah. So we went, went for that rather than rom-com. And um, uh, the, the the second film was really born out of the events in the first movie because uh, it was always going to be really big, if you know what I mean. And so. The, the the second film was a, was a great way of, of answering a lot of questions and uh, getting some payoff for things that were set up and, and 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 things that we saw in the first movie. So it was actually it wasn't restrictive at all. It was it, it was really liberating in terms of writing because we could write a longer, bigger story. Uh, literally a, a part one, a part two. Okay, so that like the second film came from. Like, you, just the ideas you had within the first film, kind of thing. Yeah. Rather than a Lord of the Rings thing with, like, one big thing split into. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, sort of a bit of both, really, because, like, things bounce out of the story, but um, 
the the overarching story was was too big. Like the the mythology of of the world in in, in the Risen yeah. was was too big for one movie, and it was certainly too expensive for for one movie. So having having the second film to to explore some more of those the stories in was was really cool, and that was. That was a bit of both, really. It was a bit of taking things that we couldn't show in the Risen, uh, and then we had to cut from the story of the Risen, uh, and then moving them to the second film. And then also things that, like during the writing process with me and Claire, we, we sort of come up with other ideas, and it was a case of expounding on some of those those ideas for the second film as well. So really, the, the short answer to that really long rambling answer is a bit of both. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. That's cool. No, so... Doing this, doing the sequel, what, did it allow you to make any changes, like from the first film? So, like you know, using certain effects, and you think actually, if we do it like this the second time around, we'll get a better look. And you know what I mean like so different lighting, and did you see that any of that in the first film, which kind of focused the way that you shot and made the second? Um, again, it's a really good question. My God. Uh, <laughs> again, sort of a bit of both because the the films are very different. The, the first film, The Risen, is set in the 50s. Yeah. Uh, and it has, and we shot and went for, a very 50s look. Like, it it, it has a period style. Um, it was shot with, with, all the shots are slower, they're longer, uh, takes are longer. The, um, the the action is is and the fighting and, and all the action part of the films are just as elaborate, but uh, they're 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 again they're slightly restrained in terms of camera work and movement, and um, a bit more Dick Van Dyke uh, or Gabner cannot <laughs> claim your chimney. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or blind Gabner is a monster. Um, so yeah, it's like a fifties version of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, obviously the language and the, and the and the costume and everything was was, was period as well. Um, but the and so the second film was set present day, and it was always going to be a little bit. It was always going to be freer in terms of in terms of camera work. It was always going to be have to feel like a modern movie. Um, uh, and, and both so both films have their own sort of feel, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't a case really of of doing things better with the second film it was just it felt sometimes comfier doing some of the action stuff because we we were we were sort of allowing ourselves some some more modern ways of shooting ways that yes. we, we're more used to seeing I suppose um, so yeah again a little bit of both um, okay. we worked very hard to separate the films in terms of look like Jamie had DOP um, Jamie Burr our incredible DOP and um, our production design and makeup and costume and everyone else, we, we separate the films off quite quite stringently, um, and that's n- not just because the sets had to age, for example, mm. between the films. So we'd be shooting one 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 time and it's supposed to be the fifties, and another time it's supposed to be present day. So that means the whole of the sets would have to age, which is a whole new paint job. Like it's just it was torturous. So we worked very hard to separate the two films and. Even though you can watch them independently of each other, watching them together, um, almost back to back, is how they were written essentially. To be watched like the end of Risen One, the door closes at the end, and it's supposed to open on Risen Two, uh, on the Risen Possession. Mm. Um, watching those back to back, I think, will be will be a bit kind of fun to see 
see the different styles, but also the, the sets and everything else change. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, also yeah. parts of the story come into the second film that you didn't know were there, and even parts of the second film come into the first film that you won't have noticed. Uh, so there's, there's, there's parts... <laughs> Tricky bastards. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's... there's there's a no spoilers, but there's a part in the in the first film where our lead lady is is we don't realise it, but she's actually looking at the future. She's looking at at someone in this film today that we see today. Uh, we don't realise it at the time. So yeah, there's nice. shit like that's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't have to answer the question. No, that yeah. No, 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 no. That that that. I think that gives people a nice insight into um into it but how difficult is that to do to try and kind of line up a shot that is kind of answering a shot from the first film yeah uh it's a pain in the ass i think it's the, <laughs> is that the technical yeah. it's the technical term right 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 um well, the, the sh what you do is you schedule sh those those two shots as close together as you possibly can because we had to shoot both films back to back. We only had uh, six months, so three months per film, mm. um, but that includes like making the sets and tearing them down and everything. <laughs> so it worked out about thirty five seconds to shoot the films in, but you, you schedule those those two shots to be as close together as possible. Right. So yeah. That's that's the first thing you do, um, and then the second. Thing I think is you you know that shit's coming, so you uh, our camera department recorded everything like the height of the tripods, like the distance to the to the actresses, like like everything. So we had something we can go back on, and then also we had the continuity photographs of what we'd actually shot, so we could essentially rebuild the reverse shot um, with with lighting and everything else. And, and like I said, Jamie, our DP, he had the lighting plans originally, so so we, we knew what we had to. Had to reset essentially. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I know it sounds like we're clowns, but thankfully there's a there's an <laughs> army of people who know exactly what they're doing. It's not just me clowning around. They're, they're actually they are professionals. They're professionals. Thank God. So, like, actually, going from that, how did you, you know, find the crew for um, these films? Um, we we've done a lot of low budget work. You know, we've done a lot of low-budget work, so uh, I, th I think one of the things we, we really did is we pulled in uh, a lot of a lot of the people we'd worked with before um, to to try and make sure that we we had those excuse me we had those um, those friends like those relationships those working relationships that we could fall back on. Um, we, we 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 used a lot of people that we that we'd worked with before, and that was. That was really important to us. Um, the, our other problem was that it was such a, a low-budget extravaganza that we knew we couldn't we couldn't get like you know um, the, the, the the most enormous um, crew that we could. Mm. So we could only we could only get the people who we could get, and uh, those people who we got would tended to be people we'd worked with before because we knew. Um, we had a working relationship and we, they knew that we weren't just crazy people. We were also trying to make something good and yeah. they, and we knew that, that they would be sort of helping us as much as they possibly yes. could. So it was really about um, trying to trying to 
get all those get all those people again. And some some of them like had moved on. We'd done films with us and then moved on to bigger things and couldn't come back and help us. And that was that was. That was brilliant because we're we're pleased they're successful. Are we? Are we? <laughs> no, really? we are definitely, definitely pleased they're successful because they helped us out with so much other stuff. So yeah, of course. But um, yeah, it, it, it was it was really a case of um, and then and then with with people who uh, who hadn't worked with us before, of which there were of course many because this was the much this these were the biggest most big, st- stupidly uh, ex- uh, extravagant projects we'd ever done. Um, <laughs> The, the people who hadn't worked with us, uh, I think, could tell from from a, from a track record of, of low budget extravagances already, um, but also from how passionate um, like we were about it, Claire and myself, uh, about about getting these things done. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, um, uh, and, and yeah, that's that's basically how we did. We pulled together as many people as we could and, and begged and, and borrowed and cried and <laughs> bled uh, and, until we dragged the bastard things over the finish line. <laughs> And what about the casting for the roles this time around? You know, the the new people you had to bring in. How how was that? Did you have certain people in mind, or was it just open calls? Um, we were we were looking for people who fit the roles. We had essentially 10, 10, 10 main actors. <laughs> essentially, we have two, two. There's two groups. There's the mercenaries, and then what we call the kids um, in the film. And we had to cast. Uh, we had to cast those those roles with with obviously you cast with the characters in mind, um, but we also had to cast intelligently in terms of people who who got the tone, if you know what I mean, because mm. it's this kind of Lovecraftian sci-fi nuttiness, and um, we needed we needed people who grounded that because the story is so extravagant and so mental, batshit crazy that you need. Actors who can who can really ground ground the story, and that's that's what what Claire was going for, and she 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 did a lot of the the, the casting, and obviously I'm, I'm there as well, and and we find people we want to work with and we like, um, but yeah, she managed to find some incredible people who who really grounded the story. Cool, and like, how do you guys split you know responsibilities, or is it just a case of this is what needs to be done. Oh, you're here at the moment. You do this, and I'll do that. It's, uh, in, on something like this, it's, on something like the Risens, it, it really is all hands on deck. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, it really is all hands on deck. Um, the, uh, the 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 official split of roles is is Claire. Claire is producing and executive producing, and I'm uh, writing and directing. Um, but we're also running. Running the company into the ground, we're no, uh, running the company as well, and so uh, and and those roles sort of move uh, and, and are kind of kind of fluid, really, mm. uh, to a certain extent. Um, while you're shooting, though, it really is a case of we have a production office, and Claire is literally keep putting out fires and keeping everything going, and then I'm I'm trying to steer something away from an iceberg. Uh, and she's shouting, "Look out for that iceberg! It's on fire!" <laughs> and then I'm shouting, "Check that!" and trying to steer the other way. And then she's, then she's like, "Fuck! We've got another six icebergs that are on fire." Uh, isn't anyone saying, "How is an iceberg on fire?" We're all too busy dr- drowning in the ice. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're too busy drowning. There's always cold water everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Why won't these icebergs stop melting? Because they're all on fire! 
yeah, um, yeah it, it, it really is a case of, of all hands on deck. Um, but the, the official roles are producer and director, but that 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 breaks down to driving people to the station, uh, trying to sort out the food. Oh no, the toilets are broken. Now what do we do? Uh, like, oh no, we've been flooded again. Quick, get the sandbags. What do we do? Like it was just a lot of that. It was, right, it was right. chaos. Yeah, um, it, it was chaos, and, and it's 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 uh, it's a, it's a, it's it's a weird experience. Mm. Like no, a, a thing I just seen recently is um, there's there's all this talk about Game of Thrones and season eight. Never heard of it. I know. It's a, I think it's it. Good? I don't. I don't think it was a popular no, film. No, no, uh, yeah, no, I think no. it was just a low budget little yeah. number. Like yeah, they try. It. Maybe Channel Five. I don't Maybe know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, there's this thing on the BBC website at the moment talking about how the female characters had significantly less screen time and less yeah, um, dialogue than the male characters. Mm. Although I don't know if it takes into account the significance of that dialogue probably not because you know from what i remember like the female characters are pivotal to the story (laughs) yes exactly and so uh, their shit is extremely important dialogue so i i kind of feel it's it's quantity it's quality it's quantity over quality i mean it's quality over quantity but with this and i think there was something the other day about another film and the split of female male and that kind of thing is this something that you you have kind of is at the back of your mind when you're doing stuff in this current kind of climate um not really because it's always been in the back of my mind like every film we've made um i i like one of my favorite films is aliens <laughs> mm. uh, give me a ripley any day of the week so like al- almost all of all of the stuff i write is, is about a female lead so risen risen possession is has a female lead the risen has a female lead the film we made before that it never sleeps had a female lead like they they're all all, all of those stories were all written specifically for with a female lead in mind, and uh, I think that's just where my those are just the stories I like telling at the moment. Um, yeah, and maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. I can't really tell to be honest. Although the thing I'm writing at the moment is also a female lead, so maybe not. Um, <laughs> maybe I should get a new, new trick. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think um, I think we we certainly need more representation. Um, across the board, uh, of, and we need more diversity across the board, but not just in filmmaking, in, in every industry. So uh, I, I don't know whether it's reflective of that or not. I don't know whether it's the whether it's the most recent. Um, if, like I know, I know uh, people might feel like it's it, it's a it's a bandwagon or something. Everyone's jumping on, but I don't I don't believe that at all. I think we've always needed more representation and, and stronger female characters specifically. Uh, yeah, but that also goes for for you know people of color as well. So uh, it's it's we've all got work to do. Yeah, it's it's a it's a funny situation because I know that if I think like some of my favorite films have extremely strong female characters mm. in, like some of the books I've read and and stuff like that, and these are old. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like stuff that's yeah. just come out. So I, I, I do think sometimes when people talk about there's none, I'm like, 
where you're kind of doing a disservice to the stuff that's been. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, I mean, there could be more. Yeah. But I don't think we should, like, yeah, it, I just think it's weird sometimes how they things get discounted. And, and it's yeah. weird as well, because I know when, when you're, we're do, you know, things by, by race and, you know, going for jobs. And I remember sometimes you'd go for a job and you'd get a job and people would be like, oh, you've only got it because you're black. Yeah. You're filling a quota. Yeah. And it's a bit like... Taking a box. And you're like... I don't, yeah. I don't care. It's money, man. You know, but it's like no. It's it's because I'm good at what I yes. do, and and sometimes you think like yes. I think the, the the quota was needed back in the day, maybe. But I, I it, it's a funny one when like people look at things and go right. You need ten men, ten women, ten blacks, ten Asians, ten, and you need like it. it that doesn't drive storytelling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I it, 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 it's, yeah. it's kind of a weird situation that we find ourselves in Yeah, you know, um, when it comes to these things. I don't know how much that affects um, people on, on my level uh, and Claire's level. I know we've, we've always just liked good stories. And so um, whether, we're, whether we're pushing um, women in film and TV or not, I think, uh, I think we were just, we're always just looking for good stories. Um, we're, we're not necessarily discounting things mm. um, or, or, or anything like that. Uh, so I can't really, with any authority, <laughs> speak about whether whether we're filling quote like we don't. I know that Claire and myself don't have a tick box quota. Like when we're looking for scripts or we're looking for for um, for, for some for a project, we're not we're not looking specifically for a know, like a like a, a female uh, lead yeah. written by a black female writer that might be gay. Black, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just yeah, we're not looking for that. Just looking <laughs> for good stories. Now, what those stories are like, like that's that's that. I think that's what you're hitting on there is what are the stories. Mm. I think that's maybe the important thing. And I think representing those what we call what we see as marginalized groups in our stories and in a positive way and also in an, in a fair way uh, and in an entertaining way and making them part of our narrative and i say ours as in a heteronormative white guy in his 40s um like you know so like making those stories part of part of our stories um i think is important yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was interesting. I think it was last year the BF the BFI said that they would stop giving funding to films that where the, where the the villain had like facial scarring and, oh and facial disfigurement. <laughs> because that yeah, because they're just like you know, I think it's like the whole body dysmorphia yeah, and that kind of stuff. And it's just like, people, yeah, because yeah, you, you, you go every every bad guy have a scar. or yeah. I, I remember like as a kid, like the villains were always albino. And it's yeah. a bit like, yeah. we can be heroes as well. I do now, Maybe I am. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh no, yeah. when I hit a certain age, I'm going to take over the world. Actually, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your henchman. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's important to represent people uh, in a positive way. Absolutely, mm. it's crazy, isn't it? Or like um, uh, the 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 bad guys in uh, in eighties American movies are always British. 
<laughs> yeah. Or German or something. <laughs> die, like die hard. <laughs> Hands. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now I have a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, of course. Well, they wear goatees. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it, that you you definitely see these kind of kind of trends. Yeah, of course. In in, in just culture in general, Absolutely, you know. Yeah. Art which, is a reflection of, of where how we live. So. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, these last two films have been sci-fi, yes. essentially. Um, and do you enjoy the genre? Like, because it kind of allows you to say, well, we'll be doing this. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's one of those things where um, you can visualize something and say, you know what, in the future, I think people will be, you know, we, we won't be driving, we'll be floating, we'll be, you know what I mean? You hmm. can create things that aren't currently in the narrative. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I... I Sci-fi horror is my bag. Um, like that's that's what I aliens, for example. Yeah. Sci-fi horror is is, uh, is what I enjoy consuming. Um, uh, along with comedy, uh, so that that's really what I like. Um, now, I, I I think it's a I think it's a good vehicle for, for telling stories about how we're doing right now. Um, I don't tend to I don't tend to write futuristic stuff. Um, I tend to I tend to write stuff that's um, alternative universe or things that um, things that are happening in the present day uh, that tend to be like uh, the next evolutionary step. Uh, I, mm. I like I like I like to try and think about that one step advance rather than the twenty one step advances. Like I don't necessarily want to. I'm not necessarily thinking oh, what kind of shell suits are we going to be wearing in the in 30, 30 shiny seven. ones shiny as yeah. fuck yeah they best be solar <laughs> best. assuming we have melted the sun we've blocked the sun out with icebergs they're all on fire quick get the shell suit um, the only way <laughs> those scuba shell suits the solar solar powered shell suit shell that's easy for you to say on the seashore wait what <laughs> Solar powered shell suits on the seashore. Yeah, okay. Give me another six of these vodkas and we'll see where that seashore is. Sure, see it. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't think I should be doing anything. Oh um, my god. Sorry. And trailed off, did they? It's a little insight into my internal dialogue. Um, okay, so do I like writing sci fi because I want to know the future? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know the present uh, no <laughs> is that, as we've just heard no is, is this the kind of dialogue people can be looking this, forward to in kind the of, risen yes, this, possession this kind of extensive and intelligent wordplay <laughs> this is certainly what we can look forward to yeah you two could be bored to tears <laughs> by this stupid shit um, yeah I, I, I think sci-fi is, is like all genres is, is incredibly important and it is the one that I gravitate to because for me it's it's one of the most fun ones. Uh, and but the sci-fi that I tend to consume or tend to like is horror sci-fi, and that is usually set present day. Um, yeah, I also like something about the Nazis, so I will be like geared towards <laughs> something like Dead Snow or something like that, which is like straight horror zombie stuff, but it's present day, but it sort of brings back. 
Nazi like give, give me a zombie to kill that give me a Nazi zombie to kill and I'm in fucking Ooh. heaven like so yeah so that's that's really my bag but I can't do that yet so I'm itching towards it I'm waiting for Nazi zombies to go out of fashion uh, so that I can uh, so I can go back to them but really Nazi zombies never go out of fashion but what about zombie Cossacks zombie Cossacks yeah <laughs> Ah. I don't know what that is. Cossacks. I'm, I'm joking, sorry. Cossacks for the Russian soldiers. It's a great idea. Weren't they? It's a great idea. I think. Ra-ra Rasputin. I need to read a Russian book. I think we... The gul- a gulag. Yes. Right in the gulags. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> this has got really weird yeah. really quickly. It, it, I'm sorry. It, it, You've got really good, sensible I, questions. I'm being a fucking idiot. I think it's the early morning nature sorry, of things. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you've created this universe with these films. So, is there the possibility of anything else from it? Well, that's a good question. Um, we only have good questions on the podcast, son. <laughs> <laughs> the the story itself is definitely lends itself to more to to a longer, almost serial kind of serial based kind of story. Uh, so as I, I basically, I can't say anything without being spoilers for the film. Oh shit! I can't say anything. Oh, spoilers. So what's that? Spoilers. Fish hook. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gotta get your ass to the cinema, people. Yes. Get your ass on BitTorrent. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put a link in the episode. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> get <to> the- <laughs> Production on something like this, how long does that take? Forever. <laughs> oh, um, we edited it ourselves essentially on an iMac in the front room. Um, we, that, yeah, it, it takes a long time and uh, it's it's a lot of back and forwarding um, and it's a lot of pulling in favors as well. Like just just getting the grade done, we, we got we got friends and and uh, and even some 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 graduating students who are like super freak geniuses to help us with grading the, the film because uh, I don't have the skill set and so we 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 got some really talented people uh, to help us out uh, coloring the film and and help us complete the story essentially with the grade of the film through post production um, we had we had some incredible VFX help as well um, the, where we were having problems um, trying to trying to visualize visualize the big VFX endings endings for both films and uh, on such a crazy budget and we, we got really lucky with some really talented um, talented people and uh, 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 yeah we we just got lucky. We, we we cut it all ourselves, and then we begged for help. Uh, and it's it's in, it's in, incredible and constantly uplifting for me as an ind- as an independent filmmaker, of a Claire as an independent filmmaker, to 
to be constantly surprised about the, the wealth of, of uh, skill and generosity of, of people in their individual fields. Uh, it, it really is incredible. Um, like Gary, Gary Meller, for example, um, of Blue Spec Digital Media, he, he worked magic for us for the VFX, literally on his own. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's people like that pulling together and being able to help us. And they're, they're really are the only ways we get the film done and dragged across the finish line, kicking the screen. <laughs> that, that's great, man. Um, so you're premiering at the Sci-Fi London Film Festival, um, but not just premiering, you are seeing out the festival, which is... A gr is incredible. You know what I mean? Because like festivals don't pick just any film to end on. So how do you feel about that? Um, it's pretty incredible. It's an it's an it's an honour, obviously, uh, and it's um, <clears throat> it's 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 weird. It's slightly surreal and it's weird in, a, in an amazing good way, obviously, <laughs> but it's still weird because you say closing out the festival and I hear closing down the festival. <laughs> <laughs> they, no one's ever going to want to come back. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's the, finishing the films has, has been so heartbreaking and difficult that, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're very, very proud of the films and we're very, very proud of The Risen Possession in particular. Um, it feels like one of our best works and so far and um, seeing it on a big screen with the rest of the cast and crew and then also with the public is terrifying <laughs> as, as the director is terrifying we're gonna me and Clara are gonna sit at the back and depending on what the reactions are we'll, we'll dictate whether we make a, a run for it as the credits <laughs> roll um, when of course we've got a cast and crew screening afterwards as cast and crew Q&A cast and crew Q&A spell now and that is also terrifying because, um, yeah, get up and speaking in front of loads of people uh, is, is scary for me because I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? and I don't know if I can fucking swear or not. <laughs> it's, it will be past the watershed, so I, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, you can be there. I will be there. Yeah, so, yes. okay, so it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be there, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's a place of love. It's a place of love. It's a safe space. It's a safety tree. It's a good place. It's okay. It's <laughs> will this be the first time you've seen it on the big screen? Um, yes, it will actually. Yeah, it's, this is going to be the first time we've seen it on a cinema screen and certainly in front of this many people. Like, I think there's... I don't know how many tickets have sold, but there's there's only like 30, I, I, 25 I, left or something. Yeah, I think if it's not sold out now, yeah, it's, it's, it's very close to being yeah, sold out. Uh, that's that's really scary. <laughs> that's really scary. <laughs> and also awesome. I mean, it's a ten-person screen. So yeah, there's yeah. ten people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting room only. As in, it's in a sitting room. Uh, yeah, like that. The, yeah, it's it, it's a little bit overwhelming. I'll be honest. Yeah. No, I you. Yeah, I'm sure you'll do fine, man. <laughs> but uh, after this, what happens with the film? Has it got distribution? After the after the premiere, we lock it in the box. No. <laughs> um, after, yeah, after the premiere, we have a sales agent um, who is 
uh, has already signed the films. Um, we're I think we're trying to re uh, re-release the Risen, the first one, uh, and then release the Risen Possession uh, essentially at the same time. Um, Makes it, sense. It's it's sort of out of out of our hands as. As a, as a company, you, you really do sort of sign it over. Mm. At our level, you just kind of go, help, and you, you give it to a sales agent. They know how to sell the movie, so that's what they do. Um, and, uh, and you're consulted on stuff, but you, you do sometimes feel like you just have to kind of sit back and, and be like, okay, let the professionals do their goddamn job, get your nose out, um, which feels weird because it's been your baby for so long. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's we're... we're Giving to the sales agent, and then they're, they're pushing it, uh, and that'll be uh, a world worldwide distribution, and then also UK. Uh, we we don't really know anything concrete yet because we're still waiting on that information. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, I, I can't really. I don't really know. <laughs> Essentially, uh-huh. like yes, it's getting sold worldwide. We, I, where I don't know though. Uh, is yeah. All right, no worries. But um, when the information comes out, we will um, yeah, we'll let everyone know oh, on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, we'll let you know where to where to, where to buy it. For not sure. download it. Truckers. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matthew, this has been amazing. It's been great to like sit boring. down and. Well, I mean, I was trying ah. to be polite. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very kind. <laughs> Very <laughs> thank you for your time, man. And um. Really looking forward to uh, you know just seeing the reaction to the to the film in the in the screen. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait, man. But uh, oh, before we go, anything else lined up to follow, or are we just kind of looking at ideas and possibilities? Well, we uh, now as soon as the films are done, we obviously we've got like. A load, a load of other stuff in, in, the, in the pipeline. It's just trying to get those things finished and uh, and, and hooked. We're trying to. We the plan for for Claire and myself is to always try and move on and get get to a, something a bigger production. Mm. So Claire's been Claire's been really uh, really working extremely hard to kind of get other things hooked and other 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 writers um, options and other pieces of work options so we've got a, uh, a ser- we're trying to move towards serial uh, serialised content and uh, we have uh, something called Mr Bingo which is a uh, another period piece uh, which is a series based on uh, a, the guy who essentially uh, it's, it's based on a true story of um, a guy who was called Mr. Bingo in the uh, 60s and he rode the wave of, of this sort of bingo franchise. He, he opened up bingo halls and in the UK and South London and uh, kind of rode this wave and was this incredible um, uh, mixed race uh, businessman. Um, but he got in with the wrong people uh, and like the craze and another, another South London gang called the Richardsons and all mm. sorts of horrendous mm. and incredible things went down uh, and it's based on this true story and uh, Claire's managed to get the, the rights to that and we're, we're talking with uh, Netflix uh, US and UK about acquisitions for those and oh, whether shit. that comes off or not is is really like to a certain 
like I think it's weird to say, but it, whether whether those particular that particular series comes off in Netflix is is incredible. But also the fact that we're even talking to someone like Netflix, coming from a, an indie film background, to they even be having their emails returned is is kind of cool. Mm. So like that that's amazing. We've also got um, uh, another uh, series which is a comedy series uh, which is. Um, written by uh, my my partner uh, and that Claire is now uh, by, by myself and my partner, which is a comedy series called Virtually Dead, uh, and that is about an OAP gaming group, um, essentially UK OAP gaming group, which is kind of based on a true story as well, uh, and it's about them essentially overcoming overcoming loneliness. They're an underrepresented part of part of our our community the elderly and so to represent them on on something uh, as, as on the big screen or or even the small screen uh, is is a lot of fun and it's it's a really funny story but also really heartwarming uh, story as well um, virtually dead and so yeah well it's a different take as well yeah because, w- because when when it gets to that age group we have things like the um marigold hotel yeah you know, yeah. Basically, so it, yeah. It, it's things like that, but a gaming group. Yeah, not every game. Yeah, yeah like, that's like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really funny story, uh, and again, that's that's co-written by myself and my, my partner Vicky Sargent, and Claire is Claire is sort of working our pitch pack uh, and our pilot script of that around at the moment um, to all sorts of all sorts of places, um, including Netflix US and. Uh, some, some other places as well I can't remember because I get hit in the head a lot and then um, <laughs> she, uh, Claire's also just recently signed um, an author a famous author called Catherine Gray who wrote a story called um, Joy, of, Joy of Being Sober for example uh, which is some more comedy stuff and uh, she's got a great a great feature uh, script called uh, We're All a Little Bit Like Lily which is kind of like it's a bit flea, like Fleabag um, I suppose if you have to say it's like something but uh, that's that's a really funny idea and that's another thing in the, in, in the pipeline, essentially, that we're, we're as a company, trying try to push. Um, and then myself, I'm writing a, uh, a feature at the moment, um, which is called Just Crawl, uh, which, which is, uh, again, a female lead. Uh, and it's kind of a, it's not sci-fi. You'll be surprised. What? No, yeah, it's, it's straight horror thriller. Um, and, uh, yeah, that is... That's coming along nicely as well. So we're sort of we're we're running to the end of the risen to the of the risen possession, and then also trying to desperately get the next thing on its feet, if you know what I mean. So, mm. And that's I think just how that goes for for, for us. Oh, it sounds like exciting times, man. Thank you. It is exciting and scary, and uh, and we still can't pay rent, but we're still doing it. <laughs> That's all you can do is just keep on doing it. You can't be ready, you can still do it. So that's all we're doing. Hey, well, you know what? If the future stuff is anything like the past stuff... We're fucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's the end. Yeah, it's basically, it's done. But, you know, I, I hear Thank McDonald's you, is employed, so, so. all will be so. golden. They do, they do a, psych, a psych review, so I can't get it. <laughs> Uh, but no, we're, we're yeah, looking forward to the new stuff, um, and yeah, well, hopefully we can have a, a talk about future endeavours at a yeah. later date. Man. Yeah, man, that'd be cool. This has been really fun. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Splendid, man. Thank you very much for your time. 
people. Remember, try and check out the risen and then the risen possession um, when you see him. All right. Boom. Okay, people. So, listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, as I said, look. Go to the um, go to the details of this, and you'll find all the all the links. So there's gonna be the social media, the website, and um yeah, follow these guys, man. Keep an eye on what they're doing, um, because you know once the distribution information goes live, yo, it will be on their social media first. Yeah, you know I mean, so. And you and as I, look, I, you know, it, it's not out of friendship. I'm saying this shit. This is something that you you really should see. Uh, it, it's a, it's a great film, you know. Um, so yeah, do all of that shit. Share this with your peoples because people, yeah, the buzz should be there. The buzz should be there, people. So um, yeah, you do that. Um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed all of this. Sci-Fi London was a blast, um, and um, yeah, you know, of course, stay tuned for the next Echo Chamber, alright, because we're coming at you, for sure, alright people, keep it easy.